0: Welcome to Pop Culture To Do, the show where two friends give each other a plethora of things to watch, read, listen to, whatever. I'm Greg, this is Anthony.
1: Hell yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're off to a great
1: start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, jeez, I got the giggles. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, very, uh, very happy to do this episode, because for anyone who was listening to the last episode, this episode, we're going to be discussing a film that neither of us have seen before. So we we both watched it for the first time to discuss on this episode, and I'm very excited because it was a film that was already on my to watch list um but finally i guess like now was the excuse to actually watch it
0: and that film is of course the david cronenberg classic dead ringers
1: a tale of two jeremy irons
0: (laughs) yeah uh also i have a feeling that we're probably just going to talk about david cronenberg in general during this episode because we're both fans of his big fans exactly but before we get into that Anthony, you said you wanted to talk about something else.
1: I did. I had a question for you and I was thinking about this the, uh, the other day. And I, there's a, it's funny because there's a snobby way to ask this and there's just a human way to ask it. So I'm going to ask you it as a friend, because I know that you're a suit. You, you've always, uh, you know, for anyone listening, Norton and I have known each other for quite some time. We went to, to, uh, to college together and. For as far back as I can remember, you've always been a movie lover. I've always
0: wanted to be a gangster.
1: (laughs) But then he realized the hard (laughs) truth. That he was just a movie lover. (laughs) He was just a movie lover. (laughs) So, yeah. So, uh, yes, as I was saying, you've always been a a lover of film of movies and tv uh because i remember always like talking to you about it and we've gone to see movies before together but which 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 movie was it for you that really helped narrow down like oh okay like now i know what kind of like what kind of films i'm into like yes i'm a film lover now like what was the movie that started it all i think i might know the answer but i i don't know if there's maybe another one
0: i'm sure you know the answer because the answer is drive
1: okay awesome because it's also Drive for me
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no uh to to speak on drive uh, one of my favorite films of all time. Same here, buddy. Uh, and like you said, the reason I love film so much—I was into movies before that. Yeah. But you know, I I watched whatever. Yeah. It was when I watched Drive that I started really understanding cinema as art. Same here, man. And yeah, that sort of just changed things for me. You know.
1: It's true, and I like. I think. Because it came out in 2011, but did you, or 2012, I think it was, but did you watch it like the year it came out? That I can't remember.
0: I don't think so. Yeah. I watched it probably a year or two later because I had heard, uh, my my introduction to the movie was, oh yeah, people went to go see it thinking it was like Ryan Gosling's version of Fast and the Furious, and then were disappointed. I'm like, oh, then I want to see it.
1: The same, yeah, yeah but i i could swear that you and matt had already seen it before me because i remember like when we were all hanging out the two of you were talking about it and like really like into it and first of all i was like okay there's no way that this movie is like a fast and furious type movie if matt is talking about it and is like praising it you know <laughs> and everyone was praising this film and i was like okay okay I'm going to watch the movie. And then from all of your praise, I just saw it one day on the shelf, like at a farmer pre and I just bought it. And that was my first time watching it. Heck yeah. Yeah. yeah, Oh man.
0: I I remember the first time I watched it too, because I I heard about it and I saw it after it and I found it and I made my mom watch it with me. For real? Yeah. Because she was home and I wanted to watch it on the big TV.
1: Yeah. And
0: we watched it and it was great. I didn't realize how much at the time watching it, how much that movie was going to actually shape my life. <laughs> Same. But then I think it was that weekend we were going out with, with a bunch of our friends mm-hmm. and we were, we were at a metro and I, I was just talking to you and I was like, hey, have you heard about Drive? Because I just wanted to talk about it yeah yeah and yeah you know i was telling you about it and then our friend matt joined in was like and i didn't know him that well back then he was like yo i've seen that movie i love that movie and that's how he and i became better friends and how we started talking about films together Mm -hmm. and how i realized that matt is probably the person i know who knows the most about film (laughs) it's true (laughs) yeah And listeners, if you want to hear more of our friend Matt and our other friend the W talk about movies and other things, check out their podcast, The Gentleman's Sports Corner. Episodes out all the fucking time.
1: (laughs) They got some great content over there, so go check them out. Go support them.
0: Hells yeah. Yeah. But yeah, shamelessly plugging our friends aside. (laughs) Yeah, no, Drive (laughs) is one of those movies that just like changed things for me which is why i'm such a big nicholas winding Refn fan now
1: same i feel for me it's funny because you mentioned drive for me it's also drive but i do also gotta say uh fincher's dragon tattoo was uh was up there for me as well and it was uh it really played a hand in shaping like the kind of movies i want i watch as well not just like uh style but like i guess content wise as well you know
0: oh yeah it it really sets the tone for the fact that everything you watch is depressing and violent and sad and everyone's
1: terrible absolutely i love it man and which is why i also got to check out the (laughs) butcher movies
0: (laughs) yeah although that being said like you can i can see a direct correlation between what you watch now and uh, Hellraiser, which you have been a fan of forever. Yeah, you've been a fan of the, that movie as long as I've known you.
1: Yeah, I, I th- yeah I can't remember when I even first watched it, but uh, Hellraiser is one of those lo- Hellraiser and The Exorcist are one of those like long standing like well like there's a ton of movies that I've kept with me obviously, but you know through the years you drop some mm-hmm. you gain some, but Hellraiser has consistently always been there because it is it's such a fucking brilliant horror film and it's it, it, it's funny because even stuckman i think mentioned that it is it, it's one of those horror films that has like one of the most original and unique plots and it's like you know and it's like what like why couldn't i write that
0: <laughs> have you seen uh clive barker's nightbreed or nightbreeds or whatever no it's
1: but it's so funny you mentioned that because crony Beezy's in there Oh, yeah, he? he plays that dude with the burlap sack on his face.
0: I, I haven't seen it. I don't know anything about it. All I know is eventually I'm going to watch it. No, no, no. no. I haven't seen it either.
1: I haven't seen it fantastic. either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, 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 on my, it's on my to watch list. So we should definitely put that on our list for, like, movies to, for both of us to watch in a future episode.
0: I'm going to add it to my
1: list right now. Nightbreed. Notes. I think that's a body horror movie, too. I don't know.
0: It's got, like, monster stuff in it. Yeah. So it's definitely got some good creature design.
1: Well, it's, it's Clive Barker, so I don't even doubt that.
0: Yeah. And I hear it's one of those things that, like, when it came out, people are like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's... But has become one of those cult movies? Yeah,
1: it's it's probably one of those things where... I don't know if it was, like, a, a, an issue of it, it being ahead of its time or just people didn't maybe get it.
0: It probably didn't land with the right audiences on initial viewing cuz from what I understand of a movie like that it is very particular, you know. That's not going to be a movie for no everyone. Way.
1: Which well, like we, the we're thing.
0: both big fans of John Carp. Yeah, exa- that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say, you know. The thing, you know, is a cult classic now, but like it's a weird movie that isn't for everyone that came out the same week or like a week after ET. You know, like of course it's gonna fail at the box office. Yeah,
1: and that's oh man, it really sucks because uh, the thing is like one of my all time favorite films, and it's it's like my favorite, uh, Carpenter film. You know. Yeah,
0: and it's and it's one of like just I'm just thinking about movies like that in general, like because that's something that I've become more and more gravitated towards is movies that not everyone likes. Yeah, like if i hear that a movie is getting mixed reviews i want to see it more because that means that there's more of a chance of it like being oh this is different so maybe it is going to hit me in a way that another movie wouldn't
1: true it's yeah yeah it's you can tell like like uh uh, i'll pick an example uh uh a cure for wellness i know you haven't seen it. i'm not going to get into any spoilers obviously but um that was a movie that uh was getting like like mixed reviews people were praising it people were like not liking it at all you know mm-hmm. and uh and it, and obviously like i saw uh, when a movie is like that like i'm kind of like shit, should i watch it but also what's it gonna cost me to watch yeah. it right <laughs> So I just it was on TV one day, and I was like, you know what, Squid, I'll watch it. It's free anyway, and I ended up adoring that film. It's so good because it is so just fucking different and off the wall. Yeah, you know
0: that's that's how I feel about uh, Denis Villeneuve's Enemy.
1: Mm, Yeah,
0: when uh, when it was you know gearing up to come out, you know I wanted to see it because I just the year before seen prisoners and it was so good yeah and it was the director teaming up with uh John hall again the lead again exactly so i was like oh that's dope and then i heard you know some reviews were saying it was fantastic and some reviews were saying it's terrible and that got me more excited
1: oh yeah because that's, yeah.
0: that's just like oh because that means it's not a movie for everyone yeah because i enjoy stuff like blockbusters and superhero films and stuff yeah. more than you do like i enjoy them but they're made quote unquote for everyone typically typically and i feel like there's just so much more art in stuff that isn't like that
1: yeah because it's uh and i swear to god i think you and i have discussed this at one point but i feel it's probably because that's like like the filmmaker knows that maybe this won't be for everyone so i'm just gonna kind of like, look. People will like it. People will not like it. At least, let me make something that I'm could I could at least be proud of. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it uh, be uh, just so off the wall and crazy, and or, or you know a little more to everyone's taste. Mm-hmm. And just to touch
0: on uh, the point I was saying a little more, mm. uh, what what I was saying about the polarization of it. I want to specify because I'm thinking about it, and what I really mean is, I like when films have a clear artistic vision, yeah. which is why I think I and so many people respond so well to, in terms of superhero movies, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, because James Gunn is a very specific director making a very specific movie when he does those, whereas. You know, there are other superhero movies where the directors just come in to do the work and, you know, get paid and make something that people will see, you know, and not all directors doing superhero movies are like that, but like, you know, James Gunn is an example of someone who really cares about his stuff. And that's what makes those movies so good. And that's what I'm looking for in my cinema in general is people who really care about the thing they're making.
1: Yeah. The, the, yeah especially the people who I guess for a lack of a better word like have the balls to do things that or like or, or doing daring things that like maybe like I consider like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 have some balls in a sense because yes it does fit fit in within the pantheon of superhero films but it's also not like the other superhero films you know what I mean
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can tell like it, there's... you can feel James Gunn in it Absolutely. You can feel his B-movie roots in in that movie. Yeah. And that's
0: what you should feel out of a movie when you watch it. Like, you know, love him or hate him. Zack Snyder cannot make a movie that wasn't directed by Zack Snyder. You know, he yeah. has an artistic voice and an artistic vision that you can feel in every second of the frame, which is something you can say about James Gunn as well. You know, it's something you can say about David Cronenberg. Yeah. You know. You know, they're just directors who just, no matter what they make, it will feel like they made it. And that's what I find interesting.
1: Me too. Yeah, it's funny because there's there's even directors, though, who kind of, like, change their style a little bit. But you can always see, Mm -hmm. like, their stamp, you know? Like, uh, I would consider, like, Fincher, for example, who has, you know, like, anyone who's watched, like, uh, you know, Seven, Fight Club and then you see his gradual transition from grungy to like a little more polished in like zodiac Mm -hmm. or the social network and then um even dragon tattoo which is still very dark and gritty but it's not it doesn't have that like grungy grimy feel like seven or fight club had Mm -hmm. you know yeah
0: no that's uh, i 100 percent agree with that you know just And again, to bring back to David Cronenberg, who we're going to be talking about uh, one of his films, you watch something like Videodrome or Existens or Dead Ringers or Eastern Promises,
1: you can tell Mm.
0: that he made it.
1: 100%. 100. Oh my god, I can't believe we didn't think about that. Yes, of course, Cronenberg is a huge example of someone who has changed their style throughout the years, but... Always, you can tell, uh, uh, as soon as the 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 film starts, yeah, I'm watching a Cronenberg film. You know, it just it makes it fit. It yeah. like it makes sense. You know.
0: I feel like this is a good a transition as any to actually get into Dead Ringers. If you
1: are down, absolutely, I am absolutely down. Heck, heck yeah, Dead Ringers yeah. fucking ruled, <laughs> dude yes it did okay hold on i know okay hold on i just i'm gonna say one point and then i want you to like tell me your your uh all of your points i always Mm -hmm. always and norton knows this i am i am a huge lover of atmosphere in films this movie had spectacular fucking atmosphere
0: And it's the kind of atmosphere that you get from a David Cronenberg movie where things are always, like, you feel kind of cold and kind of distant while still being fully immersed. Like, I say distant, but not in the way where you feel isolated from the movie. But there's a feeling that that's the only way I can describe it.
1: No, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, uh, all the settings that the Mantle Twins almost pretty much in in, like inhabit are it's it's very gray. And it's very cold, you know, like their their clinic, their apartment, it's like, it's like, even their home doesn't feel like a home. You know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, man. Mm -hmm. And That's actually
0: something I want to get, I want to talk about set design. But first, I think we should just uh, preface the listeners who may not know what Dead Ringers is, mom, I know you're listening. (laughs) I'm gonna read the uh, Wikipedia thing that says, Dead Ringers is a 1988 psychological thriller film starring Jeremy Irons in a dual role as identical twin gynecologists. (laughs) And it gets weird and fun, and we're gonna get into that. So if you don't wanna be spoiled on this movie, stop listening watch the movie, come back, listen to it. But if you don't mind being spoiled, we're going to get deep into this. Mm. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you liked this one?
1: <laughs> Dude, I loved it. I loved it. Um, Me too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, okay. First of all, I, I want to preface this by saying I feel like Jeremy Irons is not an actor we see everywhere. And, like, because if you think of, like, the bigger names, like, he, he doesn't turn up a lot. He's He is very well-known. But we don't, like, you don't see him as much as, you know, your Leonardo DiCaprio, Bradley Cooper, whatever, right? Brad Pitt. And I want to know why. Because this actor is... It's it's ridiculous how... how Mm -hmm. incredibly talented he is in general in this movie i didn't even i didn't even see him
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i think a part of that comes down to the fact that like and i've noticed this with a lot of british actors and especially especially uh of his age group where as much as they are in films and television here they Mm -hmm. spend a lot of time In theater in the UK because that is huge there, and I think that's probably why you know, like, he doesn't have to do 20 movies a year and do a bunch of shitty movies just to pay the bills in between the great stuff he gets to do. You know, he gets to just be Kafka in a Steven Soderbergh movie and then be in The Lion King, and you know, he gets to do what he wants and be a Hollywood actor when he wants and then go. Off and be like, no, I don't, know. I don't know what hit Macbeth. I probably, I mean, <laughs> I they've all played Macbeth.
1: <laughs> it's true, but uh, yeah, uh, like, what what do you what do you think about his? I mean, I'm pretty sure you're gonna say what I think, but what did you think about his performance? As
0: perfor- his performance, both of them were very good. I loved the fact that what the movie does, where it sort of blends moments where, oh, you can't really tell which one's which at the start of a scene
1: it's but true. other times
0: it's very obvious yeah and I, you know that's that's fantastic i think it was very good
1: it's yeah it's really funny because like even with the characters like they're it's it's really well uh established that they're they are very difficult to tell apart and, and they use that to their advantage, right? Cause mm-hmm. like one will go in to do something the other one doesn't feel like it. And they also kind of do that with their women and it starts and, the, and then you feel like you feel like this practical joke is also kind of being played on you because you yourself kind of start to forget which one we're following. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a way like poor writing it's, it's brilliant writing.
0: Oh, it's brilliant writing, directing, and acting because if yeah. there are scenes that they very much want you to know which one it is, and it is very obvious. They yes, yes.
1: They
0: find this right way of dialing in and out of what we as the audience are privy to, and that's what makes it so good, you know, because the the movie is good. The technical aspects of it are great. You know, especially for the time, you know, it pioneered stuff that like, you know, I'm realizing now I mentioned Enemy before, which is another movie about doubles in Toronto.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And like, like, Enemy is much more impressive technically, because it had (laughs) something like Dead Ringers coming before it, setting up what you can do with the camera and editing and post-production to do something like this because if they weren't able to like i know they use like a what was at the time new technology where the camera would be digitally moved like by a by an arm like it would be controlled by the by a computer so that way they could film takes with uh Jeremy Irons doing one thing with the camera moving, and then he could do it as the other brother with the camera moving and superimpose them on top of each other later, which, if you didn't have technology like that, you know, it would have been a just a person operating it completely on their own, and you would have had to cast twins.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oof, that's true. What I, what I really love about... Um, what I really love about his performance um, is uh, the fact that even there are, cause you know, there are, uh, scenes where we establish like one has glasses, has a certain kind of hairstyle. The other one has no glasses, has another kind of hairstyle. And that is, that begins to be like our physical, um, mm-hmm. differentiation between the two, but there are, then there are scenes where know where bev is is you know maybe impersonating ellie and and vice versa and and obviously bev cannot wear his glasses and and ellie you know might wear the glasses but it's the way that they perform their parts that you could still remember who you're watching Mm -hmm. like bev is a lot more uh like reserved you know yeah He's, he's much shyer so it's kind of like he can't help like but still retain those qualities mm-hmm. when even if he's impersonating elliot you know yeah,
0: yeah. And that's what just it's like that's why you cast someone like jeremy irons who is such a seasoned professional
1: yeah what a stand what a fucking standout mm-hmm. performance
0: yeah i i just wanted to because i mentioned uh, the production design because they have yeah. that very cold clinical apartment But then you see uh, the actress's apartment, uh, Claire? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is very, it is a lot of wood and natural light and warm, earthy feeling. And it, you know, creates this great feeling that when Bev is going to see her and be with her, he is entering a much warmer world than the cold, clinical you know, apartment nouveau stuff that they are in their apartment and their office and their life.
1: It's true, and I love how the clinic literally looks like their apartment and mm-hmm. vice versa. They're—it's like almost like the buildings are twins. <clears throat> oh my god! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> For sure, and like they—they they even like those scenes, you know, are either lit or in post-production. Like they're—they're—they're they're, they're blue. Yeah, and you also see that in some seen in some of the uh uh sex scenes cuz you know it's that clinical brother weirdness stuff you know seeping into Claire's apartment these blue mm-hmm. scenes but it's not like you know I like that like someone like Steven Soderbergh he'll wash an entire scene monochromatic almost <laughs> but it it is much more subtle than that in this movie to great effect
1: yeah like oh yeah yeah like it's like even when i I think like even when jeremy irons uh bev starts having like those weird dreams because he becomes like hooked on like medication like pills and stuff and like there's a scene where he wakes up like his dream is lit like when he has that dream where he's like siamese like connected to Mm -hmm. like elliot and then you have uh claire like eating something from the con- like mm. the conjoined skin and did then you he love makes- that scene <laughs> yes of course you, I, did. <laughs> you, you gotta love some of that cronenberg body horror mm. you know
0: yeah and sorry for interrupting
1: fi- you <laughs> no, no no it's okay and this is a film that really doesn't have that much of it there are mm-hmm. sequences of it but it's not like uh, existence or or video drum for that matter
0: yeah i honestly would have preferred it without that dream sequence really just cuz i think it would have made the climax more unique you know
1: okay i for me what i like about that dream sequence is when he wakes up the set is still the same
0: mm-hmm. obviously
1: right because it took like the dream took place in the bedroom and then he wakes up and yeah obviously he's in the bedroom but it's also kind of shows like this like the, the this almost seamless uh like thread that is tying him from reality and his warped perception right like his mm-hmm. dream is so, like his dream perception is, is becoming reality and we see that when he's when bevs is uh performing some sort of operation i think it was on this woman and he he like i think starts hallucinating and he sees like mutant genitalia on her mm-hmm. which he then cannot continue doing the procedure yeah he has to he has to be removed from the room
0: mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i just felt like the the that one dream sequence like it was cool and i liked it and i get what it was saying but i was just like eh, it could be
1: removed <laughs> it's
0: okay <laughs> but at the same time like it's, it's fantastic
1: yeah um got to say mm-hmm. uh I loved I love the uh the red uh cloaks that they no, cloaks, oh, I wanted to mention gowns. that yeah
0: the yeah, the, the, the surgical stuff yeah. it it gave it such a weird
1: cronenberg look
0: <laughs> yeah it it felt cultish
1: mm, yeah and it, it, so, so cool. yeah but like uh and even those tools that he he makes like they just fit so well like in a Cronenberg film. Oh yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, and that comes back to what we were saying about you know, he has a certain vibe and aesthetic to his films mm-hmm. even when they're not doing his usual stuff. You know. Yeah. It, you know, there's no one sticking a, a VHS in their stomach, but they still got like these weird tools.
1: Yeah exactly which ends up being used on elliot in the end unfortunately mm-hmm. um but yeah like i was this film has a really like weird atmosphere Expe- like especially near the end when it, it's it's very very sad by the way it's a very very sad bleak film Oh, yeah, it's uh, a I, of an really, right because um I, I guess the way it ends is is uh in order to sever the Siamese connection
0: that they decided so they, they have <laughs> exactly <laughs> they, des- they decide partway through because they're both tripping so much on the prescription drugs they're just giving themselves yeah. that they decide that they're Siamese twins and they're connected and they need to break the connection so they can live their own lives
1: yeah which <sighs> in inadvert- which ends up killing Elliot so bev can live on his own but then he ends up dying from yeah uh, i think withdrawal
0: yeah
1: or something yeah
0: uh, also i just, just because you're mentioning the withdrawal this is loosely based on two real twin brothers
1: are you serious
0: yep they they uh they really existed this is highly fictionalized this is like but it was two twin brothers who were you know, very close and connected, and then they were discovered dead in one of their apartments. One of them had died of an overdose of prescription drugs they gave themselves. The other one died from withdrawal symptoms a few days later.
1: That's wild. Yeah. They For literally real. did a bunch
0: of drugs, one of them died on the spot, and one of them died slowly after.
1: That's so crazy. I didn't I didn't know about this at all. Yeah. Holy shit, that's so eerie. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Jeez. Well, shit. Well, fuck. it. That I don't know. That makes the that makes the film like so much like more eerie and and bleak because like this they were based on real people. Oh man. Um, fuck. Uh, how, how did you like the music? It was good.
0: You know, it's uh what's his name uh howard shore
1: howard shore yeah
0: he yeah. he always delivers like it's not my kind of music per se like that's not like when i listen to film scores that's not what i gravitate towards but at the same time like game recognized game and you know he's did a fantastic job it always fit what was happening so well
1: yeah for sure mm-hmm. he he's done all of Cronenberg's films i think
0: yeah Cronenberg is very good at working with the same people for a long time, because more or less yeah yeah the cinematographer who did dead ringers did dead ringers and every movie Cronenberg has made since. For real yeah and every movie he did before dead ringers was all done by one cinematographer as well, so he's only worked with two cinematographers his entire career that's crazy.
1: I didn't know that. What about
0: writing partner? Uh, Writing partner, no, not so much because he'll write films on his own. He'll write films with other people. He'll direct films that he did not write at all. That's Mm -hmm. not his bag. But, like, uh, costume design, I think it's his sister or his cousin or something, Denise Cronenberg, has done every movie he has done up until now. She's passed, so. Uh, the next movie he's going to make is not going to...
1: Wait, he's making an obviously. Movie?
0: Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. It's going to be his first <laughs> movie in, like, eight years. Uh, he's working it's with Viva Mortensen again.
1: Really? Yeah. Hells yeah. Dude, what the... F- what's it called? Is there anything about it? Uh, I
0: can't remember. Let, let me do some research.
1: <laughs> God, it's been his last movie was maps to the stars and that was like 20 yep. Fuck, i don't even remember 2014 Jeez, it's about time that we get a new cronenberg film but uh you know yeah probably just wanted to but also
0: like off. that he's not yeah you know he's doing his own thing he's on star trek discovery weird <laughs> yeah no, he he's he's actually you know because there's a lot of directors who have also done acting in and out yeah. of their own films. David Cronenberg's done some stuff like he's been in a decent amount of good stuff. Since so is *The Stars*. Oh, I'm just popping in. No, just in general. Oh, uh, okay, But like okay. since *Map of the Stars*, yeah. But like, was it a? He was in a mini series that my partner sam watched called alias grace based on a margaret atwood novel and okay yeah he's in that and uh it's it was made in canada Uh, sarah gadon who's done a few of his movies was the lead in it like
1: he he works well at least the guys get busy Uh, you know
0: i found the movie he's doing oh okay it's called crimes of the future it is a sci-fi thriller starring Viggo Mortensen, Kristen Stewart, Leia Sidu, and some people I've never heard of.
1: Awesome. Cannot wait. I'm in. I'm in, man. Cronenberg, give it to me.
0: I think he's remaking his own movie.
1: Which one? Wait, what? That's what this movie is? A remake? It-
0: In 1970, he made a film called Crimes of the Future.
1: No way.
0: So he's either remaking his own film, or he is just using the name again.
1: Maybe it's a continuation.
0: Who knows? But, like, he wouldn't be the first director to remake his own film.
1: Hanukkah did it.
0: Yeah, uh, he did it. uh, What's his name? Michael
1: Mann? did it michael mann did it michael mann did it with miami vice
0: yeah with miami vice uh uh japanese director yashu ozu remade
1: like five of his movies
0: like he just remade them all in color
1: i mean why not if you want to do it do it
0: yeah like
1: you know i love both versions of funny games so
0: Mm, there you go yeah Anyways, back to Dead Ringers. Back to Dead Ringers.
1: <laughs> um, it's great. Yeah, seriously, highly, highly recommend. Um, I will ask you, though, because uh, we're, we're going to just, I want to break away slightly from Dead Ringers, but still on the topic of Cronenberg Um What is your favorite Cronenberg film? Oh, The Fly. The Fly. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't think there's a question, like... Like, I don't think he's made a movie that represents his filmmaking, especially that, like, what we know of Cronenberg as the body horror guy. You know, he's done so much more than that, and, you know, he shouldn't be defined by that. But that's what he's known for, and The Fly is that. Yeah. You know, Uh, that to the up-tenth degree.
1: It's funny, because...
0: Although, I think yours is Videodrome, right?
1: yeah it, it it's between video drum and the fly mm-hmm. it's tough that's
0: what i would have yeah yeah i, and, I liked uh,
1: video drum you like yeah you liked him? i
0: didn't love it as much as you did yeah i liked it yeah it was very yeah. good i don't i don't maybe it's because i don't like james woods you don't like him that i was no i don't like him and i don't like him now more that he is you know become like an insane conservative. Yelling at people on Twitter.
1: Hmm. I love him in that movie. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah you know And like you know, that's the thing, like terrible people have made excellent films, you know? Yeah. There's nothing you can do about that. But like, I don't know, like you know, The Fly is probably my favorite of his. Although I also really like Eastern Promises.
1: Dude, same. I the, think it's
0: the best of his late era work.
1: Yeah, of the uh, especially of the Viggo Mortensen trilogy. Yeah,
0: although yeah. I have not seen a Dangerous Method.
1: I haven't seen it either, but I, I haven't seen it partly because I'm not sure it would be for me. But I, I, you know, I'll give mm. it a shot one day.
0: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll watch it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. How many of his films have you seen? Because I'm looking at his filmography. I'm just like, oh yeah, no, he has made a lot of films.
1: He has, especially if you look at. Hold on. Let's let me let me also pull up his filmography.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cronin. Hurry up! There we go. Okay, so, so what have I seen? Okay, for me, I've seen. Shivers, mm-hmm. Shivers, uh, Scanners, Video Drone.
0: Oh, Scanners is the next one I want to see.
1: Yeah, it's so good. The Fly, that's I saw what, that's
0: what broke him into the mainstream.
1: Scanners, really?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, he made it for like four million. It was the first film that he made that was like a huge success
1: for real. I thought it was the because. No, Oh, The Fly came after.
0: The Fly came after,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, anyways, uh, the films of his you've seen.
1: Sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. Uh, yeah, so The Fly, Dead Ringers now, uh, Existence, History of Violence, Eastern Promises, Cosmopolis, and that's it. But there's a ton I need to see. Like, I, I really need to catch up on the Cronenberg train.
0: What about oh, yeah. you scanners is the next one i, I i've seen very few oh, now okay. that i'm looking at it mm-hmm. i've seen videodrome the fly dead ringers Existenz, the history of violence eastern promises and half of cosmopolis
1: cosmopolis is tough so i completely understand why you're saying some yeah. uh half of i mean
0: yeah it, it... yeah like i gave up like i don't think he tried very hard on that one
1: oh <sighs> it's I feel like, yeah, I feel like Cosmopolis and Maps to the Stars, I didn't see it, but I remember Matt telling me that, like, it really was far from, like, the pinnacle of his work. Sorry, Mm -hmm. but uh, Cosmopolis is a little too droning for me. It's it's just kind of a a slog.
0: Cosmopolis, it was based on a book, and I read that apparently he took, like, a PDF of the book, copied it into uh, script writing software, and just changed the format into a script format. He didn't actually like adapt, adapt it. Adapt it. He just reformatted it and then just shot it like that. And because of that, I'm just like, like I I watched some of the movie, got bored, couldn't finish it, which I rarely do. And then you know read right about that later. I'm like that's why because books and movies don't work the same no
1: it's like you it it, you can't do that uh, you have to like properly adapt it like yeah like you said like things in the book work for uh, the setting of a book it will not work for cinema and vice versa you know it's Mm -hmm. just it's how it is so yeah no wonder it took it was like (laughs) trudging through molasses
0: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah.
1: Um, what would be? Oh, yeah. You said scanners would be your next Cronenberg film to watch.
0: Scanner, scanners. I also want to check out Shivers because uh, that was apparently real hard on his career form.
1: R- what do you mean? How so? Uh,
0: it was partially funded by a the Canadian Film oh, Board, okay. and some reviewer or writer who didn't like the movie wrote a scathing article about it called. Uh, uh, something like you should care that this movie is terrible because you paid for it okay and it you know ca- helped you know you know it caused the movie to tank it held back his career a little apparently uh it got cronenberg a... tell
1: that guy to cool it man
0: Oh <laughs> well, i can't he's gone <laughs> But yeah, like it got him evicted from the apartment he was living in Holy at the time. Like it really it fucked him man. in ways that in the same way that scanners really helped his career, Shivers really hurt it in ways that it shouldn't have. That's
1: crazy. Cause I I've seen Shivers yeah. like and it, it was the most random setting. I watched it in an English class back at college. <laughs> right? And and the class had nothing to do with it. So it was really random. And uh it's actually coincidentally it's the first class it's the first it's the class where i first watched shivers scarface and american psycho uh yeah so i have to thank that class for giving me american psycho um oh yeah one of your favorite films oh yeah but shivers is is so fun like i don't it's gross but it's fun you know not for everyone
0: yeah and you know, if it's being fed to the wrong people as this is trash, you know the wrong people are gonna find it. You know, like we were talking about earlier. Wow, everything's connecting in this episode. <laughs> it's
1: perfect, and this is, it's completely <laughs> not intentional. It just, I I love that though, but because it, it it's true. Because I do consider Cronenberg his work to be very. I don't know if you'd say divisive, but his his work is definitely not for everyone it's not
0: it's yeah he's a filmmaker with a very strong voice yes you know to use the term that gets thrown around way too much he's an auteur
1: he is though he is um what the what was i going to say i think for me the next film i really want to check out and it's always one that i forget he's done mm-hmm. and it, it's probably like not even on it's like it, it's a i guess a, a an one of his lesser known films, but it's the film Spider with Ray Fiennes.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I've heard that's pretty good. And possible. Gabriel Byrne. Oh shit. Nice. And
0: I also want to check out the Dead Zone.
1: Dead Zone with uh that's with walking, right?
0: Hells yeah, that's why I want to watch it.
1: Walking, yeah. Um what's M Butterfly is another film with uh with irons. Really? Yeah. Nice. Or, or, I guess maybe Mr. Butterfly or mis- I don't know, but uh, Naked Lunch, I also want to see, and I- it's
0: it, it's pronounced butterfly,
1: butterfly,
0: butterfly, butterfly.
1: <laughs>
0: We're fucking idiots,
1: <laughs> I love it. Uh, I also, yeah. Crash is also something I want to watch of his,
0: yeah, the, the good movie called
1: Crash, yeah, not the overtly. Right. stupid one yeah anyway
0: oh did you know that dead ringers is considered one of the 10 greatest canadian films made
1: really that makes me so happy to hear that
0: yeah uh tiff uh, every 10 years or so they will get a bunch of like you know film writers and you know professors and stuff to you know work on a list of the 10 best canadian films and uh yeah, Dead Ringers is seven. One second, I was looking it up before. It's probably still in my history. In a list of how many? Ten.
1: That's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, uh, seven out of a list of it's a top ten, but there's eleven because ten is a tie.
1: Oh, okay. is okay. cheating? Yeah. But okay. Um, that's that's really cool. Uh, it's dead. Oh man, Dead Ringers is so fucking good, man. Mm-hmm. What a great movie! Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Was there anything more that you wanted to say about it, <sighs> or Cronenberg in general?
0: I mean, just that he's it, he's great. I was I was not having. I watched it yesterday, and I was not having a great day. My afternoon at work was stressful, and then I came home, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch it, and my mm. internet was being shit so it was Big taking asshole. a while to to fix all those problems and then like two minutes into the movie like this is by no means a feel good movie but it made me feel better like that's the effect good cinema has on me is where I was just like ah
1: it's cause yeah it's cause you're, you're getting lost in something that you know obviously it's not a feel good movie like you said mm-hmm. but it, it, you can tell like this is gonna be it's going to be a, like an experience, you know? Yeah. And it's just, at least we get to, like, just put away our stress for uh, two hours, whatever, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's so good. Absolutely. It was great. Yes.
0: I am going to watch this entire list of Canadian films at some point.
1: Yeah. Can you send that to me? Because I'd love to check it out, too. Yeah, sure. Because uh, there's, yeah.
0: Yeah. Matt watched a couple of them recently, and he talked about it on a Gentleman Sports Corner. He did, yeah. Yeah, last month, April, he watched a movie every day. He just decided to do that.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and he watched the movies that are number one and number two on the list, and he said they were both quite good. And, like, I'm okay. looking at them, and it's like, yeah, no, some of these have been on my to-do list anyways, like uh, Crazy by Jean-Marc Vallée. So.
1: That's a great movie.
0: No, let's just go through them right now, right quick. Tied for okay. number 10, we have Les Ordres by Michel Brouillet. And Stories We Tell by Sarah Pauly. Don't know. Uh, we've got I know it.
1: Sarah Pauly, though.
0: Yeah. This is actually a documentary she made about her life. Oh, okay. Because uh, she found out as an adult that, like, her dad's not her real dad
1: or something. And oh, she made a shit. documentary about it. Oh, shit, man. I'd love to check that out. Mm-hmm.
0: In uh, number nine, we have My Winnipeg by... Uh, Guy Madden. Uh, Number eight, Crazy by Jean-Marc Vallée.
1: Amazing movie.
0: Uh, Number seven, Dead Ringers by Cronenbeazie. Amazing movie. (laughs) Number six, Going Down the Road by Don (laughs) Shibib. I don't know. The, the, the that B in the middle surprised me. I thought it was going to be an L. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Number five, we've got Léolo by Jean Claude Lauson.
1: No, no way. I have no idea what that is. <laughs>
0: yeah. Number four, Jésus de Montréal by Denis Arcan. Uh, number three, The Sweet Hereafter by Adam O'Goyan.
1: I've heard of that. I've heard of it. Uh,
0: number two, Mon Anc Antoine by A Pedophile. What? Uh, there's a Quebecois director who, uh, from the 60s and 70s, who, you know, in later history, a bunch of people are like, no, 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 he molested us when we were kids.
1: Okay, so I'm just going to avoid that one. Well, apparently it's really good. Yeah, we'll see.
0: <laughs> and uh, number one, uh, The Fast Runner by Zachariah Kunuk. Which Maddie watched and said was fantastic.
1: Oh, nice. Okay, I'll check that out. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. You know who
0: needs to be on this list? Who? Denis Villeneuve.
1: He should. I'm surprised he's not.
0: Like, how is Polytechnic not on this list?
1: It could be 10. Oh. It could be 10. It's, I don't 10. understand. Yeah. Uh, that movie's so fucking rough. Like, I've yeah. only seen it once, and I don't think I could ever see it again. That's the yeah, only Villeneuve film I, I don't think I could see again. Makes sense. Yeah. <sighs> All Maybe, right. Do you have
0: anything else on Dead Ringers?
1: To be honest... uh. Nothing else really. Just the fact that, like, it's just it's a great movie, and yeah. it was like, like it was just such a great experience. Like, what a what a what a fun fucking ride!
0: Yeah, the transition that the the two characters go through from men who have their lives together to the, the just it's because it's just watching their you know minds fall apart, and they just do it so well and so subtly. It's really good
1: it is it's such a great it's a really great job um and and it's it's crazy because it it just just goes to show how connected these twins are because they are literally going through this descent together Mm -hmm. and they are almost feeling the same things together yeah and i just
0: i find it such an interesting film because like it is both like like The one criticism I really have about the film is there's a lot, a couple lines in it at one point that are kind of homophobic. But at the same time, I think those are from character, not from uh, the movie saying that. Because there are also scenes between the brothers that are fairly homoerotic.
1: Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially like when you see them like dead at the end. Mm
0: -hmm. Like the way that. In each other's arms, yeah. Yeah. Or even just like when uh,
1: Claire, when, I know the when, scene you're talking about.
0: No, 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 no. Uh, the the oh. scene where uh, Bev like, ODs and Elliot's girlfriend goes to like, give him CPR and he pushes her out of the way and it's oh, like, no, my it, he, it's my brother and he starts trying to resuscitate him himself.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah.
0: It, you know, there's that and the, the scene right before it where you know, he's making Bev dance with his girlfriend, and then he goes on the other side and like is holding both of them. Yeah. Like, oh man, the movie's weird. The movie's got stuff in it that's like, oh yeah, only David Cronenberg could make this.
1: Like, it's true. I I, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to speak for the movie, but I don't think the film was preaching a homophobic.
0: No, no, no. no I don't think it was either. But like yeah. at the same time, there are there are lines in there. Where I'm just like. That's not cool. Yeah, and then you no, see no, stuff no. later, and you're like, "Yeah, it's fine."
1: Like, yeah, it's fun Character. Exactly. It, it. You could, and you could tell, like, why they're saying that because it's it's such a weird. I guess the word is dichotomy or parallel because, like, they're mm-hmm. saying these like ugly homophobic things, but then they're also doing these homoerotic things with each other, and you could tell that there is something weirdly incestual between the two.
0: Oh yeah, you know I feel like if. It wasn't a movie about them going crazy. It mm. would have just been a movie about them, like leading up to them fucking.
1: Which, like, I honestly
0: I... at one point thought that's what the movie was going to be.
1: <laughs> You're not, yeah, me too. I thought because, but it, the, the way that they, I, I'm going to mention again, the, when that, the way that, like, Bev dies in Elliot's arms is kind of like this weird poetic and mm. kind of romantic thing so in a sense it's kind of like we almost kind of got that because like they obviously they're, they're not making love but they kind of like they they ended it together yeah literally they, within each other
0: they were each other in so many ways and you know you say romantic and it's 100 percent true because if they weren't related in the movie it would have without question been a romantic ending and i think in the same way there's no question it is a romantic ending it is a perverse way because they're related
1: and they're twin yeah and they're twins so it's it's kind of and the whole time and and it all feeds into the fact that you you could tell like they're very like um to a degree they're very like egocentric so Mm -hmm. it's literally like the the homoeroticism between the two is literally just like this uh, metaphor for one stroking their own ego yeah. you know for sure uh, just yeah so all in all brilliant film go watch it if you haven't hells yeah yeah
0: have you been watching uh, anything else cool
1: lately uh I don't know if I even mentioned this on the last episode, but uh, a movie that I watched recently, uh, sorry, was that zoom film, uh, that's zoom horror film host. Oh, on shutter host. Yeah.
0: I don't know if I know this one.
1: It's uh, okay. So it's kind of like within the same vein as like a, an unfriended or searching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, only Unfriended is garbage, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, but Host is, is actually genuinely terrifying. Nice. Because it, it's very... It's in the it's Netherlands. This... Really? Yeah. English language
0: host? mystery crime thriller produced in the Netherlands by Pearl Pictures Productions.
1: It's a UK film.
0: An English language mystery crime thriller film produced in the Netherlands.
1: In any case, this film was entirely made during pandemic, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, all of the like, well, I, I can't go into details because it will give away things. And I do, I, I, mm-hmm. I do recommend it because it is a, it's a really great. Like, if Unfriended was actually good, it would be Host, or as I would say, Unfriended. <laughs> wish it was host, wish, wishes it was host, because it's it's a genuinely scary, very authentic, like there's glitches, you know, like when you and I are talking through Zoom, there's delays, you know, because our connect, internet connection. Yeah. And you see that in the film, and it's so brilliantly put together. It's a really, really great film. Nice. Yeah. What about you? Aside from oh, Invincible. I haven't Invincible. watched much of anything, honestly. No
0: well i finished invincible i finished invincible
1: oh okay okay i haven't
0: really done much movie watching i watched uh the original mission impossible because i'm doing a video on it
1: oh yeah yeah yeah
0: and i've been watching a lot of youtube
1: that's cool so we you know because sometimes at the end of a long day you just want to just unwind and chill and watch stupid shit you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah um oh okay wait how is this I've been gonna watching, wa- uh, oh. oh no no you go first because my thing has nothing to do with it
0: <laughs> okay no i've just been watching uh have you seen the youtube channel of uh, red letter media i've heard of it yeah like i'm only just now actually discovering them. i've heard of them they're they're guys who do movie reviews and stuff. Yeah. But I've never actually, like, sat down and watched them until recently. And I'm just, like, really impressed at, like, the production they put into it because they've been doing it for, like, 10 years, 11 years. And they have actual sets built because they don't just sit down and talk about movies. It's built within a weird fiction where the two guys are VCR repairmen who are talking about movies instead of fixing a guy's vcr
1: oh my god that's so, they so built, brilliant they
0: built a fake apartment yeah that they sit in and they have outfits and they drink beer and they talk about mo- movies and they're really smart and really insightful for the presentation of two guys sitting around drinking beer and they're really funny they're like, i was right. like really impressed and It made me go back on my decision to not watch any new YouTubers who are just white dudes because, you know, it's like, I need to broaden my horizons.
1: Yeah, (laughs) for sure.
0: White guys was like, okay, but these guys are really funny. It's like, I gotta stop doing this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah yeah oh so my question to you is Mm -hmm. normally in other episodes let's say you recommend me a movie i watch the movie i tell you my opinion and then i say for fans of this movie i recommend this movie how do we do Mm -hmm. it with this case do we both recommend something
0: i mean you can if you want i kind of was just kind of like the last time we did one of these that it was my pick uh it was it was your pick and I had to give something that paired with it I had I completely forgotten to if you remember
1: oh yeah <laughs> that's okay
0: <laughs> yeah and like I don't know I've been thinking about it like you know listening and it's just like I don't personally think I'm gonna keep doing that like you can if you want okay but for me I was just like listening back to episodes I'm just like this part feels forced when I try to do it
1: personally uh, okay So. It's all good
0: I'm I'm gonna stop if you wanna keep doing it go right ahead i'm not gonna be like no we're not doing this on the show anymore just like for me it's like i prefer the parts where we're just having conversations makes sense
1: well i was just gonna say like for anyone who likes dead ringers watch enemy (laughs) oh yeah for sure yeah
0: (laughs) Uh, enemy and everything david Cronenberg has done
1: yeah just go back and watch this whole catalog and
0: where would you rank uh, Dead Ringers on
1: like, uh, out of movies the Cronenbergs see you've
0: seen? Yeah. Like, I'm not asking you to sit down and rank them all, but like, is no. it top tier? Is it middle tier?
1: Hmm. You know what? I think it would be close to top tier.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is funny because like his, like for me, like his top, top tier for me would be like Fly video Videodrome. Eastern history of violence, you know. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, no, I I put it upper middle as well, right? Like I think it's better than like Existence for me. Yeah. I think I think it's better than History of Violence for me, but I don't think it's better than Eastern Promises or The Fly.
1: Ah, oh, it's tough, man. Yeah, I I yeah. Ugh. It's so yeah, it's tough because all of his films are like so unique and different, like great in different ways.
0: Yeah, all his movies are great, or Cosmopolis,
1: or Cosmopolis. Uh, Sorry, (laughs) Sorry, Cronenberg, but I just I really don't like that movie, and I did sit. I mean, they can't
0: all be hits, man. They can't all be hits. Exactly. Exactly. (sighs) Can you name a filmmaker that has not made a bad movie? I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Never
1: mind. (laughs) (laughs) Despite, like, him not having... It's him. It's it's just him. (laughs) Yeah. Like, despite him not having, like, a huge filmography, because he's he's still pretty, like, recent-ish. Like, every single film he's made so far is, like, just out of the... It's just... It's not even like, oh, yeah, no, it's good, but not great. Every single movie he's done is great.
0: Yeah. And, like, you know, like, yeah, you know, he's... Still early in his career, but he's been making films since the 2000s. The yeah. early 2000s, that's when he did Polytechnic and Maelstrom. I haven't and seen a and then yeah. he, And then he. Oh, you haven't seen A Sandy?
1: No, no, I haven't seen Maelstrom.
0: Oh, Maelstrom, uh, I haven't seen A Sandy or Mael- Maelstrom yet. Okay. But, like, he's done so much great work before even becoming a guy in Hollywood, you know? Yeah. Because Prisoners, he got to dip his toes into Hollywood and then Sicario and then he's just been killing it. you know, making the best Hollywood films, you know?
1: Yeah. Like,
0: because Arrival's a Hollywood film and it's a masterpiece and Blade Runner 2049 is a Hollywood film and that's a masterpiece.
1: Oh brilliant, brilliant movies. Seriously. Oh my god. Arrival's fantastic. Uh, 2049 is so good. Oh my god. Um, but yeah. Um should I give you my recommend uh, my my film for you now?
0: Please. Okay.
1: It's fun to get back on this now. Uh yeah, <laughs> and, and because I I've had like two or three weeks uh you know to really like ponder over because I was I was missing for those weeks for those for those episodes. I was like, yeah. What can I give them that is not a horror movie because I've given you a lot of horror films to watch.
0: So if you're not giving me a horror film, that means you're giving me a very sad thriller movie.
1: (laughs) I can guarantee you it's very sad. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so I'm giving you the Russian film, Loveless. That is what you have to watch.
0: Let me write that down. Let me write that down. And do you know where I can find that movie? I
1: don't. I don't know where you can find it, because I bought it from the PlayStation Network. I hope you can-
0: So you're saying it's not on Shutter? No,
1: no, no, this is not on (laughs) Shutter. Wait, maybe you can rent it from YouTube. I'm sure you can, hold on. Loveless film. Yes, you can rent it on YouTube. Is it one word? Would you okay. want me to uh link you? Uh,
0: um, I can find it if it's on yeah, anything. yeah,
1: okay. You can rent it or, or buy it there. Well, rent it, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, cool. Hmm.
0: Damn it, I was kind of hoping it was going to be on Amazon Prime because Prime's been my friend. Lately. Yeah, also,
1: you don't have to pay for Prime, like the what you watch on it, I mean, yeah, that's
0: right. I don't have to pay for Prime because Sam yeah! pays
1: for Prime. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: Santa, if you're listening to this which i know you're not i love you and thank you for getting amazon Prime. i mean she probably wait i think i just heard her from yeah i'm pretty way. sure she heard
1: you guys <laughs> <the same bargains. laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah but if she's in the bedroom she's a couple oh, rooms that's, away well, yeah that's know, true, it's I mean.
1: true it's true though yeah i mean unless she was in the bathroom which is i think right like neighboring to the room you're in right nah, oh not really ish ish That's true.
0: Yeah, let's spend the next five minutes talking about the apartment (laughs)
1: layout. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, let me cross this off the list. All right. Perfect. And now, I guess, uh, oh, yeah, Okay. so I guess I'll I'll out us. I'll uh, not out us.
0: Wow, you're you're going to out us? Wow.
1: No, and I got to tell you, I've been in love with you ever since I met you. Man, I love you too. Love man. you too. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening, as always. And catch us on the next episode. And you can also catch the Greg Norton on his YouTube channel, also coincidentally called the Greg Norton. Oh, my God. He's got a lot of great. Oh, it's like it was planned. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's got a lot of great content there, a lot of great videos. He literally just put one out, Um, I believe it was this week or last week, um, uh, regarding the uh, the Exorcist prequel films. Great video, by the way. I will tell you, it was a really great video. Um, you can five views. It's doing terribly. Ah, no, no, no. Go check him out. Go support him. You can also see him on. Uh, you can also follow him on Instagram at again the Greg Norton. I'm I'm blanking. Do you have a Twitter?
0: Yes, it is my most used platform.
1: Oh, okay. It's also the Great Norton. Yep. Okay. So it's what
0: I use to uh, mess with our friends, uh, Maddie and the W from Gentleman Sports Corner, as well as David Macri from David Macri's YouTube videos.
1: Perfect. Uh, so you can uh, you can go troll them there on Twitter at uh, the the Norton. You can also uh, you know reach out to us on Twitter at the uh, Pop Culture To Do. We'd love to hear from you guys uh, hear about your favorite films. Connect with us, so we can connect with you. And you can follow me on Instagram at Anthony with teeth. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Anthony with teeth. I don't have any other platform, so that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: we also have an email, pop to do at gmail.com. If you yep. send us an email, I will read it on the air.
1: Yes. And, I will, and I will interpret it on the air.
0: Unless you put something hateful in it toward, like, no hate speech, but, like, make fun of us if you want. You know, make me say something stupid on the air. As long as you're not a trash human, I will read your email if you send it to me. Exactly.
1: All in good fun. No hate.
0: Hell yeah. So,
1: yeah, until next time, have a good one. Have a good one, and uh, keep it squeezy.
0: Squeeze it.